This week's episode is brought to you by Getting Back Out There. I know I normally joke around during these sponsorship things, but I had kind of a messy ending to a relationship a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm getting back out there. So to you Nexus at Night listeners who maybe got your heart kicked in the ass, or you got passed over for a promotion, or something that you wanted to do that didn't work out, it's important to get back up and get out there. Getting out there. This is not as funny as I thought it was going to be in my head. I probably should have gone pee before I started this episode. I'm Atlas, and I'm completely alone. So, this week, uh, I ended up missing our recording time, and that's completely my fault. So... Uh, instead of just skipping another week, I thought I would give, uh, up my time to record this kind of mini-episode. It's gonna be a lot shorter, because there's no, you know, none of my co-hosts who are amazing, and I'm sorry. And, uh, also, it was Rupier's birthday a couple days ago, so happy birthday to him. But, um, I just thought I would talk about something that's been happening lately. You can hear my cat in the background, sorry. Uh, It's been happening lately in the Vanguard community, and it's referring to the the release of the effect of Phantom Blaster Dragon. So, Phantom Blaster Dragon is uh, the the VR for Shadow Paladin in the upcoming AL4 set, and uh, it's a grade 3 with the Force Gift, he says as he stalls for time looking for the effect. It's a you know, grade 3, 13k, force gift, um, so, act on Vanguard, you can counterblast one, retire three rear guards. If you do, your opponent chooses three of their rear guards, retires them, and he gets plus 15,000 in a crit until end of turn. And then his other skill is act once per turn, if your opponent has four or less cards in their damage zone, and the number of rear guards is zero, you can soul blast a grade 3 if you do deal one damage to the opponent's Vanguard. So, on paper, this is pretty damn good. So, with uh, Shadow Paladin having a lot of uh, cards that make the opponent choose things to retire, it means that their, hopefully, their field is going to be fairly empty so that uh, Phantom Blaster Dragon's skills can feed into each other. Um, And, uh, yeah, so... This thing's really good, and yet, yet, a lot of people are like, Shadow Paladin's trash, Shadow Paladin, it doesn't matter, and it's because of one card, and, uh, it's our little friend named Promise Daughter. Now, Promise Daughter is a grade 2 for Oracle Think Tank that, uh, cannot be retired by the opponent's card effects, she can be chosen, but she cannot be retired. Now, what this means is that most of Shadow Paladin's effects and, you know, half of uh, Phantom Blaster Dragon's effects are useless, because if you have Promise Daughter on the board, let's say you... uh, Let's say you, like, play a card that goes, alright, the opponent has to choose a thing to retire, they can just choose... Promise Daughter, and then the effect is is useless. Um, I got into a fair amount of arguments with people online because I'm a fat nerd and that's what I do. But 
uh, it's definitely something to consider that having your cards be vanilla is never good. Uh, most things in Vanguard, when you play them, either get big enough power or feed into more attacks where that takes cards out of your opponent's hand or actively gets you closer to victory, or it gets you advantage, which also gets you actively closer to victory. If a card is a vanilla, it better have a lot of shield or, you know, be one of those 9k grade ones with, you know, no shield. But in both cases, it's something where if it's vanilla, it better have a good reason, and having a card just exist that neuters everything is not a good reason. Like, for example, let's say you're playing, uh, you know, Shadow Paladin, Blaster Dark from the Trial Deck. So, it, if you don't remember, it's grade 2, 10k, uh, on Vanarir when placed. You counterblast one, your opponent chooses one of his or her rear guards and retires it. And then the other skill is on Van, if your opponent has no rear guards, you can discard a card from your hand, and he gets a plus one drive to end a turn. So... <sighs> Let's. If you are an OTT player and they you see the opponent flip up full bow, this is in standard format, by the way. None of this applies to premium, so just keep that in mind. Uh, we'll get to premium in later episodes, but for now, I'm just focusing on standard. So, if you're playing against Shadow Paladin, your first instinct should be, I'm going to put two things on the board in the back. Let, if anything, just to neuter... Uh, Blaster Dark, because getting a Twin Drive that early is very strong. Um, it also means that if you, you know, let's say you don't ride this, and let's say you're playing against whatever, the fact that Blaster Dark makes the opponent choose means that you basically... Blaster Dark is a 10k vanilla, and that's not good. Uh, this is a variety of other Shadow Paladin cards that all make the opponent choose, which I'm guessing was a way to uh, differentiate it from Kagura, where the idea is that because you're you have so many retire effects, that it makes the opponent's options dwindle away, and it's like that aesthetic of, oh, Shadow Paladin it oppresses you until you've given to the darkness, or I don't know, whatever bullshit they're trying to do. But what that means is that because all of these effects are separate, that basically screws you over when it comes to fucking Promised Daughter. Promised Daughter is the kryptonite for Shadow Paladin in standard format. And that's not to say that Shadow Paladin is bad in standard. It's The term I used to describe it, and I'm going to keep using it to describe it, especially when we do our set review, which you'll probably get it next week, but uh, it's it's a good card in a landscape that is unkind to it. And what I mean by that is that because Oracle Think Tank is such a goddamn presence, that means that you have to keep in mind Oracle Think Tank when building your deck, no matter what clan you're using. That also means that there's not a lot of people who are going to be bringing Shadow Paladin to standard tournaments. And that's because it is a natural pr like prey to OTT. This also happened back in G-Era, to those of you who were playing, with uh, Battle Sisters. Battle Sisters for OTT were came out in uh, GBT-12. They got another. They got a wave of support that made them very good uh, when combined with Ichikushima, which 
We're seeing the consequences of that now with uh, Ichikashima and Silent Tom and Premium, but maybe not to that extent. Either way, it made Battle Sisters incredibly potent, and then Link Joker got another round of support. And with that, it made them so good, and Battle Sisters had no uh, you know, counterplay to it. So essentially what you had was this predator that took its prey out of the meta just by virtue of existing. Let's say if Shadow Paladin had a bad matchup against Royals, and Royals are as popular as they are now where they're they're alright, but they're not as prevalent as something like OTT is, then that's just a bad matchup for Shadow Paladin. But at the same time, because it's the top dog of the meta, then you might as well just not bother making Shadow Paladin if it's not going to win you tournaments because you're going to see OTT in a good chunk of the rounds. Now, hitting for plus 15k in a crit is nothing to sneeze at, and you do also get two retires on the opponent's side, but the fact that you have to kill three... Uh, three rear guards to retire three of their rear guards means that you're actively minusing to try and put pressure on the opponent. And you can't sustain that for very long. Like, Excel clans do something similar to that, but they have the fast enough and continued pressure to make that happen. Whereas Shadow Paladin can't keep that shit up. Um, there was also another random thing where people were like, man, Grand Blue doesn't care about being retired, that's a bad matchup. Not really. The Grand Blue does care about his stuff being retired because you have to spend resources to get it back. So you know it's not it's not like as punishing as something like Promise Daughter is with Oracle Think Tank. Now there have been a lot of people saying that Promise Daughter as a card is broken. Um, so her full skill was if you have on Vanarir, if you have four or more cards in hand, she gets plus six K power during your turn meaning that she's 15k, and with a, you know a, an 8k boost, which is like any rear guard in Oracle Think Tank, you get to hit 23k. So that hits numbers against Force Vanguards. On top of that, uh, you know, like I said before, can't be retired on rear, but she can be chosen. So what that means is people are saying that because it, it just you can't kill it unless you directly attack it, and there's no other form of removal in standard format right now. There's no locking, there's no, like, gear chronicle put to bottom of decking, nothing. So, should we get rid of it? Maybe not. I do think it... It's a big form of consistent pressure where the person doesn't really have to think about it. Um, it's good any time of the game. Some people say that, you know, like, I wouldn't mind the couldn't be retired, and I wouldn't mind the plus uh, 6k power, but together it's, like, super crazy. And as a Tachikaze player, yeah, it's a pain in the ass when my death rex goes, alright, I can retire a front row, and both of them are, uh, promised daughter. So, yeah, it sucks. By the way, if I said Imperial Daughter during any of that whole monologue, I'm sorry, I meant Promised Daughter. Promised Daughter is the grade 2, Imperial Daughter is the grade 3. Uh, I notice a lot of people make this mistake, and uh, that's another random gripe I have with it, but that has nothing to do with the card's gameplay or its competitive usage. Um, so, yeah, what what does this mean? If Boucherode 
decides that Oracle Think Tank is too much of a scourge on the meta, then they might hit Promised Daughter. Imperial Daughter is not a broken card on her own, where when you ride her, you can counterblast one, get two cards, look at two cards off the top of your deck, one goes to hand, one either goes back on top or into your soul, and then if you run on top of a Great Three, she gets 15k of crit, and then the other skill is you can soul blast and give something 6k. That's not broken. Amaterasu is not broken, which is uh, when you look at a card during your turn off the top of your deck, she gets 5k, and then on Vanguard you can counterblast one to draw and look at top card. That's not broken. The deer despite how crazy it is, is not broken, unfortunately. Promised Daughter isn't on her own broken, but it seems that the sum of all of those parts put together is what makes Oracle Think Tank so goddamn terrifying. <clears throat> now, Protect in general seems to be like the gift that's prospering the most. We're seeing a lot of Grand Blue topping in Japan, uh, if you guys are fans of Different Fight, he put up a video yesterday about the Blaster Cup, which was, uh, like, a bunch of card shops put out teams to represent their shops, and it was best two of three even within team tournament. And the finals, one of the teams was all Protect Clans. It was Grand Blue, Mega Colony, Oracle Think Tank, and the finals were Grand Blue versus OTT, and yet we saw Grand Blue beat OTT 2-0. to zero. So, does this mean that other Protect Clans could be the checks that Oracle Think Tank needs? Or, you know, that the meta needs to beat Oracle Think Tank? Who knows? I mean, another thing that people are speculating about now that at the time of this recording, which is like 12... It's midnight on the Wednesday. I'm recording this the day of. Fuck it. But with uh, with AL4, the, the other Excel Clans, Murakuma and Pale Moon... Excel is supposed to be the natural predator to protect because you can hit numbers against them because they're 12k, and you get more attacks, which forces more cards out of hand. But so far, Excel has been not very successful. You've had Nova Grappler, which uh, you can more or less beat by attacking rare cards over and over, and then once they're out of those, then you just kill them. Uh, there's Tachikaze, which doesn't really function like an Excel clan, and it's doing okay in its own right, but it's still whatever. Um, it, it's prone to breaking, and I know that firsthand. And then, uh, with, um, Aquaforce, it's uh, the same problem as Nova Grappler, where, again, you're not really building much advantage, so you either have to open up perfectly and kill, or you die. Now, in AL4, you have Murakumo, which uh, has ways to call things from deck and not use as many cards in hand while still putting on pressure. And Pillmoon does the same thing, but using cards from Soul. So is this the savior of the meta that so many people think? Especially with Murakumo and its Zanbaku, where you can prevent rewriting by counterblasting and soul blasting. So it's a check against OTT because they have to continually rewrite to get their protect gifts, and also to get Imperial Daughter off. So, what does this mean? Well, you know, I'll probably see you guys in a week. <laughs> and uh, we'll be like, no, dude, it didn't matter at all. Or I'll be like, oh my god, Pale Moon is just flattening OTT left and right. Who knows? I'm not in the future. You are. You tell me. Uh, you Tweet us at Nexus at night and be like, dude... 
OTT sucks now, or dude, OTT uh, doesn't care. And who knows, that could happen. But what that does mean, circling back to the beginning of the episode, is that Shadow Paladin is in a really bad position in its first wave of support, and that's how it was at the very beginning of the game with the original Phantom Blaster Dragon. And that's okay. Uh, there are things you can do in the meantime. You can play premium, which I think it'll, they'll be fine. Luard's stuff is pretty good. You can wait. You can try and make it work, but I don't know what your plan is, random listener, to uh, try and beat a deck that is so goddamn prevalent and has such a you know silver bullet for you that you you just might be up shit creek. My stomach makes noises, don't worry about it. So that was pretty much it. Promised Daughter isn't necessarily broken. Could you hit her with the ban list, put her to two or something? Yeah, sure. It wouldn't kill OTT. Um, I do think that the meta is still fairly balanced-ish, especially as we're getting more clans, and you get things like Grand Blue that can kind of go toe-to-toe with it, or you get Murakumo, which could be a check against OTT, or Pale Moon. But who knows? So, tell us what you think about this episode. Um, and uh, you can yell at me all you want, because this is my fault for uh, missing the recording, and this is what I'm doing to make up for it. So just uh, tweet us at Nexus at Night. You can tweet me at Atlas Novak. You can tweet uh, Matt at Wiggums, two Gs, two Zs. And you can tweet Rootbeer at Plasma Eclipse. So, until next time, I was Atlas... God, that doesn't sound good, does it? Being alone sucks. And have a good night, everybody.